All right, this is the Michael Slate Show, and I'm Michael Slate. And since we recently had the 4th of July, I'd like to begin with a statement by one of our nation's veterans. I was an American soldier. I was a warrior and a member of a team. I served for my country. I did what I had to do. And now, I hate them. I hate them all. They'll send me to combat. They'll give me cancer. They'll send me home and retire me and take my whole entire life away from me. And now, they take my fucking freedom. I am not a soldier. I'm not a member of this team. God fuck America. That was an Army veteran in a post on the Instagram of Vets Rise 4 Row. And that's going, to, uh, that's going to be the theme of today's show. This year, the 4th of July was marked by something we haven't seen in decades. People, including veterans, losing their allegiance to the United States of America. There were nationwide protests for abortion rights, led by Rise Up for Abortion Rights and other groups, and there were many others taking to social media to express their disgust for the Supreme Court decision gutting the rights of women. At the same time, there is a destructive campaign by some calling themselves progressive activists, attacking Rise Up for Abortion Rights, the Revcoms who are active in it, and the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian. So at the back end of the show, we'll be hearing Bob Avakian talking about what if, what if the world didn't have to be this way? Before that, we'll hear Andy Z and the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show responding to the vicious piggish attacks that have been leveled against Rise Up for Abortion Rights, the Revcoms, and the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian. And before that, we'll hear a report by Sansara Taylor on the Supreme Court ripping a fundamental right from women and the struggle that is needed in response. And right now, we're going to hear another commentary by Andy Z, host of the RNL show, on what it meant that so many people were abandoning the U.S. on the 4th of July. Look, it's been some time since we've seen veterans like the ones who opened today's show burn their uniforms and give the finger to the U.S. and denounce their service. This week saw a different July 4th. July 4th is traditionally a grotesque spectacle of jingoism, of unthinking America first patriotism, flag waving, and celebration of this country as supposedly the greatest country that has ever been, the homeland of freedom and democracy. This has never been true. America has never been great. It has always been the land of the thief and the home of the slave. This year there was a beginning but noteworthy difference on July 4th. This July 4th took place at a time when the system that rules this country, capitalism, imperialism, is in deep crisis. An illegitimate Supreme Court, packed with fascist judges, in the weeks running into the 4th, issued dangerous, reactionary, ruling after ruling. The fascist theocrats on the Supreme Courts moved aggressively to break down the barriers separating church and state. They carved open even more space for violent, gun-wielding reactionaries to terrorize oppressed and progressive people, including in major urban areas. And in a dangerous ruling, the court took a major step to cripple the ability of the government to protect the environment and take measures to protect the health of the people. And they ripped away from women their fundamental right to abortion to decide for themselves when and whether to have a child. 
This move to subordinate women and enforce a Christian fundamentalist traditional morality is the battering ram for a full-out fascist future that millions of MAGA maniacs and moral maggots in the Republican Party are fighting to bring into being. This year, July 4th, took place in the midst of a congressional hearing on the Republican fascist coup attempt of January 6, 2021. And this week, the Akron police released a video of how they shot a fleeing, unarmed young black man in a fusillade of automatic fire. And topping off the horror for many in the Chicago suburb of Highland Park, another mass shooter killed seven and wounded over two dozen at a July 4th parade. Something terrible is not only looming, it is accelerating. And all this is compelling people to question, or at least opening them up to questioning deep things about this society and whether the way things have been up to now is the only way they can be. There is a spreading sense and even a depth of dread, of disgust, of dissatisfaction and anger on this July 4th, a pervasive feeling that something is wrong in America. But as we have said and shown and what we are working on with the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show is to transform this sentiment that there is something wrong in America to something wrong with America. More. We are working so that people come to see that what's wrong with America is the system of capitalism imperialism that we live under and to get into the need and the possibility of an actual revolution to bring about the socialist republic in North America. This is what Bob Avakian, the revolutionary leader and architect of the new communism, is all about. This is why he is deeply loved by many who really want to get humanity free, and he is just as deeply hated and viciously attacked by those who have a vested interest in keeping this oppressive and rotten system going. Over decades of serious work and struggle, Bob Avakian has forged the strategy for a real revolution. He has forged the vision of a new society. He has developed a thoroughly scientific method and approach for growing numbers of people to understand the problems we face and their solution, to become makers of revolution and emancipators of humanity. And he is providing ongoing, active, high-level revolutionary leadership to recognize and seize on this rare time when revolution is more possible. On our website, revcom.us, you can find an important new piece, Organizing for an Actual Revolution, seven key points, that provides the straightforward, concentrated, seven points roadmap for how the small forces for revolution today can rapidly grow in numbers and influence to prepare for a real revolution. And this is what the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show is all about. And we are inviting and challenging you to get into that starting now. This is the Michael Slate Show, and that was Andy Z with commentary from the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show. We're going to take a quick musical break and be right back, so stay tuned.
That was garbage, the men who rule the world. Now let's listen to Sansara Taylor reporting on what is needed in response to the Supreme Court ripping away the right to abortion. It's been nearly two weeks since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned women's fundamental right to abortion. And the full impact of what this means is just beginning to be felt. The initial shock sent thousands into the streets to rage and to cry. Patients wailed in desperation as their appointments were canceled. Women were told to delete the apps off their phones that track their menstruation cycles, lest this information be used against them to prosecute them if they suffer a miscarriage or dare to induce their own abortions. And a 10-year-old, a 10-year-old child in Ohio was forced to travel across state lines to get an abortion. Think about that. A 10-year-old, after enduring the violence of rape, was then nearly forced by the state to carry what would only be a dangerous and high-risk pregnancy and be forced to bear a child with the face of their rapist. And all this is just the beginning. So it is for very good reason that many, including many who've never voiced this kind of opposition before, were in no mood to celebrate this 4th of July. Prominent figures like Bette Midler, Padma Lakshmi, Katy Perry, Leslie Jones. You know, I would say happy 4th of July, but it's not really a happy 4th of July, is it? Because 4th of July is supposed to stand for independence and, you know, how a country fought for freedom, all this stuff. But this ain't the land of the free. Y'all have taken away women's rights. You're trying to take away voters' rights. You're, you're, you're not representing anything that this holiday is supposed to be about. You know? Um... I, I, I listen to the Star Spangled Banner and all of that, and I go, this is not the land of the free. This is not nothing that we're saying that it is. Nothing. Nothing. So it's hard for me to say Happy Fourth of July because it feels like we're going back to slavery, you know, so maybe I should say Happy Back to Slavery Day. Jessica Chastain and others put out messages canceling the Fourth of July this year. Claudia Conway, daughter of Kellyanne Conway, Yes, that Kellyanne Conway took to the streets. Why should we be celebrating independence when not all of us have independence? And that's why we're out here fighting for our reproductive rights, um, challenging the overturn of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court. Videos went viral of female veterans of the U.S. military burning their uniforms in defiance of a country that has now said it will force them to have children against their will. 
All of this is a powerful indication of something that Bob Avakian pointed to about how we live in a rare time when revolution could be possible. As he emphasized, as the normal way society has been ruled is failing to hold things together, and society is increasingly being ripped apart, this can shake people's belief that the way things have always been is the only way things can be. It can make people more open to questioning. In a real sense, it can force people to question the way things have been and whether they have to stay that way. We are beginning to see not just anger at the ruling of this Supreme Court overturning abortion rights, but the specter of justice-loving people losing their allegiance to this country. As Bob Avakian goes on to say, And this is all the more likely to happen if the revolutionary forces are out among the people, shining a light on the deeper reality of what is happening and why, and bringing out that there is an alternative to living this way. Right now, people need to know, and you need to know, and you need to be part of spreading the word that we are living in a rare time when revolution is possible. And the revolution that we Revcoms are fighting for, the revolution that Baba Vakin is providing ongoing leadership for, is one that would bring about a society where the right to abortion and birth control for women is never again put up for debate. And that would be just the beginning. The kind of society that this revolution would bring into being that could only be established by bringing down, overthrowing the current system of capitalism, imperialism, is one that would go to work on digging up all forms of exploitation and oppression that are just considered and assumed to be permanent today. At the same time, the overturning of Roe v. Wade has cracked open deep dissatisfaction that reveals the tremendous potential and need to unite people very broadly throughout society from very diverse political perspectives in standing up now and demanding that the federal government restore the right to abortion. Now, while this shock and this rage is still fresh, now before this horror has been normalized. So it is crucially important that Rise Up for Abortion Rights has been giving organized expression to this fury and welding it together with the concrete demand that the federal government restore the legal right to abortion nationwide now. And that this past July 4th, Rise Up for Abortion Rights led protests in dozens of cities across this country declaring, when women are not free, no one is free. Here we want to show you some footage of what went down on July 4th. We
through our first year. Right, rise up. Rise up. No peace. No peace. Mujeres, hoy estamos escribiendo historia en nombre de todas las mujeres. Te animo a que hables por nosotras. Tus hermanas mexicanas están de tu lado. Con amor, una mujer mexicana que cree en la verdadera libertad. Girls, today we are writing history. In the name of every woman, I encourage you to speak for us. Your Mexican sisters are on your side. In the end, all the fire that they throw at us to make us burn, we turn it into a huge and incandescent bonfire propelled by the, by the flames of our love, our courage, our hope, and actions so that the day finally comes when we can have a life and give life or not to whom we decide and in our own way. This letter was written by one of my best friends from Mexico, one of the women that marched side by side with me in the Marea Verde in 2020. So let the Congress, the Supreme Court, or even the White House tremble because they have now awakened warriors in you. Fear not, women. You have sisters around the world watching your backs as you enter this fight. Be strong, be fearless, be unstoppable, and let the repression and fear they once planted in you help you grow your wings to fight back. Women, we believe you. We stand with you. We fight with you, and we will get what we are entitled to. Mark our words. I think the 4th of July, there's nothing to celebrate for women. If we don't have the right to an abortion and if we're not free, none of us are free. I just want to say 4th of July. Okay. I don't feel free. Right now, absolute bullshit. I mean, the chant says it all. When women are not free, there's no freedom to celebrate. We've just had rights taken away. We've had our freedom taken away from us. Why the should we be celebrating? I can curse, right? I actually always used to love the 4th of July. I mean, my family has been in America for a very long time, and so this is my country, and I want, I want to be able to celebrate the good things about it, but with everything that's going wrong right now, I can't. I can't be happy about the 4th of July today, and it's, it's, been, it's been a very sad couple of days for me because I'm just realizing that that big part of, my, of who I am and my culture is not worth celebrating today. We had our 
rights taken away, and so we're supposed to celebrate independence and freedom, like for who? With chains around my uterus and our bodies not being in our own control and their futures and our lives, the course of our lives not being in our control. Like, that doesn't represent freedom, and so that's why I'm here and not celebrating the 4th of July this year. We're all livestock now. If we can be told what to do and we're just here for reproducing, we're livestock. So, no, f*** it. There's no Independence Day. There's nothing that we are independent of. I mean, it scares me because if, like, I was 13, and when I was, like, 13, 14, if I would have gotten pregnant from what happened to me, like, I, if I had to carry that child term, I, I would have ended my life. How does that make you feel? It makes me angry. It makes, it's heartbreaking. It's, it makes me furious. And it's, yeah, like, I cried when I, I was, the first protest I came to, I was, like, crying the whole time. Because it's, it's demeaning. Like, to be, for the federal government to basically say, like, I'm a second-class citizen and I don't have control over my body. Yeah. It makes me furious. <laughs> Why are you joining? Why? Because I got out of my car and I'm for abortion rights. This, this is my protest to America. Because I see everyone waving around their regular American flag. people who are not in the streets right now? I would say you're being selfish. You're being really selfish, honestly, and if you're celebrating today, then you don't are either ignorant, you don't know what's going on right now, and you need to get with it right now because you are not standing up for the loved ones around you. I'm sure you have someone in your life that has a uterus, and you are not standing up for them if you're not in the streets right now, and you're celebrating. We shouldn't be celebrating. We should be demanding legal abortion out here in the streets. Legalize abortions. Legalize abortions. I think it's right. We legalize abortions. I got five kids and I'm going for legalize abortions. I love kids, but legalize abortions. Not every woman needs kids, okay? If you don't do nothing, there will be long-term consequences. The Handmaid's Tale may be fictional, but it's already here upon us. Get out on the streets because that's how we got a right. That's how in, from Argentina all the way to Mexico, we went down to the streets and we were all together doing this. So if we do this, protests built on the very crucial role that Rise Up for Abortion Rights has played over the last six months, planting a fighting pole and a refusal to accept the enslavement of women. It's important that everybody who is part of this, all the artists and writers, the thousands and thousands of students and young people, the women who shared harrowing stories of their pre-Roe abortions, and the many with ties to Latin America and its beautiful, furious green wave for abortion rights, and everybody else who took part with Rise Up for Abortion Rights and taking the streets and disrupting society needs to appreciate how much this mattered and continues to shape things. It is also crucial to give backing to and learn from those in Rise Up for Abortion Rights who have stood up to and persevered in the face of vicious, unprincipled, piggish attacks on them by opportunists in the so-called movement who did nothing themselves to lead people and mobilize people to fight against the overturning of abortion rights. In the next segment, Andy will speak more fully to these attacks, including the vicious attacks that have been leveled against Bob Avakian and the Revcoms. But here I want to highlight those in the Texas chapter of Rise Up for Abortion Rights, who have not only repeatedly led people into the streets again and again, including a march of 10,000 the day after Roe was overturned, 
but they have done this in a state where armed fascist vigilantes often come out and confront and try to intimidate protesters, a state where abortion has been banned, a state governed by outright fascist lunatics. What they have done shows the potential, how even in the heart of red MAGA country, things can be very two-sided. And then, just as the Rise Up for Abortion Rights chapter in Texas was rising to the occasion of this new challenge of the overturning of Roe, out come these gutter-level attacks from piggish opportunists in the so-called movement, trying to wreck and destroy everything they are doing. And not only did they persevere in the face of this, they continued to reach out broadly to the millions and millions of people who are newly awakened and outraged and to call them forward in struggle. And this is how they organized and mobilized 1,300 people to march yet again, including taking two major bridges and reaching and inspiring and challenging many thousands more. This is important. This will not be the last time people standing up for justice will be attacked, including by those claiming to be woke. But no one ever said that changing the world would be easy. And we're not here to ask permission from some assholes. Right now, everyone who cares about women and girls and who cares about justice overall needs to join with Rise Up for Abortion Rights, needs to reach out broadly in society and mobilize others to stand up in protest this Saturday, July 9th, and then going forward all month while Congress is still in session and this wound and this shock is still fresh to demand that the federal government restore the legal right to abortion nationwide now. At the same time, lift your sights to and get with the revolution that humanity needs to put an end to this madness once and for all. The revolution that is becoming increasingly possible now. To close out this segment, I want to play one more clip from the recent rally for abortion rights in Los Angeles, where people perform Cancion Sin Miedo, the song without fear which has become an anthem of women throughout Latin America standing up against femicide and the oppression of women. So it's a song about, um, about the freedom of women. I hope you enjoy it. It's called Cancion Sin Miedo, which means song without fear. And I have Dizzy here today to play the guitar for us. Yeah. 
This is the Michael Slate Show, and we've been listening to Sansara Taylor, co-host of the RNL Show on the movement for abortion rights. We're going to take a quick musical break and be right back, so stay tuned. If one woman hurts, if one woman cries, if one man bleeds, rise. Up, get up, dance up, get up, sing up, get up, change everything. Up, get up, dance up, get up, sing up, get up, change everything. Silence must stop, violence must end, broken body and spirit will rise again. Strength in numbers, take a stand, right the wrongs, don't Rise by Betty. Now we'll hear Andy Z responding to the vicious piggish attacks that have been leveled against Rise Up for Abortion Rights, the Revcoms, and the revolutionary leader Bob Avakian. For almost a year, we have spoken on the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show of the society changing stakes of the battle for the constitutional right to abortion. What overturning that right would mean for women, for the future of humanity. That reality is now here. Denied. The reactionary leap of the Supreme Court decision is sending shockwaves throughout society. Reverberations have just begun. The challenge of every person with a shred of conscience for the lives of women, for the future of all, stands before us all. Lives are already shattering. From Texas to Ohio, women are turned away from clinics in agonizing tears forced to bear children against their will. Those women who can get to states where abortion is still available find compassionate yet terrified, overworked staff, tears shed by patients and staff as appointment schedules fill up and can't be met. And then there is the horror of the child victim of rape, 10 years old, denied abortion. This is cruelty, a vicious state-imposed subordination of women. The Revcoms, with the leadership of Baba Vakian, have said for years forced motherhood is female enslavement. Journalists and scholars are now discovering this as if it hasn't been warned of and discussed before. But let's not pull punches. Among some quarters of the so-called official women's movement, such as the Women's March, 
protesters for the last year were told by the Women's March they couldn't wear handmaid's costumes. They couldn't bring hangers. All this is part of their woke excuse for capitulation to accepting the defeat of Roe versus Wade in advance. And this barely begins to get at the level of censorship, suppression, and outright attack against those who have fought for the people to stand up and resist. Conciliation and capitulation has been the stance of the Democratic Party and the NGOs for decades now. But there is another side to this picture. Masses of women, especially young women, taking to the streets in fury with the determination that this right will not be surrendered. Taking to the streets in the days immediately after the Supreme Court decision in, tens there, in their tens of thousands with the leadership of Rise Up for Abortion Rights. Green bandanas, the international symbol of fighting for the fundamental right to abortion, filled the screen seen all around the world. Rise Up's battle cry of illegitimate was thrown back at the theocratic Supreme Court. Illegitimate! Illegitimate! Coco Das, a leader of Rise Up for Abortion Rights in Texas, has captured the enormity, the illegitimacy of the gauntlet that was thrown down. She said a fanatical Christian fundamentalist majority of the Supreme Court said Roe was wrongly decided, and women all over the country got the message that they are not free, that their bodies are not their own, that their destinies would be shaped by the state, by the church, by men, end quote. Yet, the day after the Supreme Court decision, a motley cabal of so-called pro-choice groups issued a despicable screed to denounce and discredit and even by one group to dismantle Rise Up for Abortion Rights, the only organization that took responsibility for waging the nationwide fight to stop the Supreme Court from overturning the right to abortion. A key accusation of these haters' pathetic and baseless bag of lies was the role in RU4IR of the Revcoms, revolutionary communists, followers of the revolutionary thinker and leader Bob Avakian B.A. Their attack stinks of piggish setting forth false pretexts for government, fascist, and other deranged attacks. This kind of hit job on resistance movements and revolutionaries has been seen before in this country. However, that poisonous legacy does not mitigate the potential harm done, all the more so in the current culture, where no matter how baseless, how without merit, mere accusation becomes guilt in the feverish social media fingers of the cancel culture mob. Whether any of those who wrote and are behind this attack on Rise Up for Abortion Rights and the Revcoms are actually pigs, they are definitely doing the dirty work of the pigs, the repressive state of this system. And the Revcoms issued a statement two days after the attack in defense of the emancipation of humanity and the leadership we need to get there. And I urge everyone watching, even those who have already read it, to go online and read the full statement. It takes on in great depth the bogus charges of homophobia and transphobia. Just because Rise Up accurately identifies the main target of the attack on abortion rights as an attack on women. In, in addition, Revcom.us carries a number of important documents from the Revcoms and from Bob Avakian on this including passages from the Constitution for the New Socialist Republic in North America that pertain to the rights of LGBTQ people. But because of time constraints, I'm going to focus on what is in some senses and for some forces the principal target of this attack, Bob Avakian. 
Rise Up for Abortion Rights, RU4AR, has answered this from their point of view, and we strongly suggest that anyone who cares about the truth and the future of women and all humanity read their statement. We Revcoms, who from our revolutionary perspective support the mission and the goals of Rise Up, intend to refute the specific attacks made on us. This statement then goes on to unequivocally state for the record that these are outright lies, invented charges, and dangerous libel. The Revcom statement points out that these haters make outrageous, utterly false, and extremely irresponsible and dangerous claims that the Revcoms are using monies raised by RU4AR. The Revcoms have never, ever received or used funds raised from the people for struggles we are involved in for any other purposes than the movement such funds were raised for. To accuse us otherwise is again a blatant lie. These false attacks smack strongly of the tactics of the right-wing fascist forces in this country and the political police, the FBI, who create pretexts to go after revolutionary groups. Moreover, the ad hominem attacks on Baba Vakian, as well as Rise Up co-initiator, co-host of this show, Revcom, Sansara Taylor, paint targets on the backs of specific individuals for government harassment and even worse. And what these sowers of ignorance who attack us think is their big ideological gun is the charge of cult. They wrote that their website claims, that our website claims, only effective way to achieve social change is to follow Avakian's leadership and teachings. No. Revcom.us makes the claim that Bob Avakian's leadership and the new communism he has brought forward is absolutely essential, not for some vague notion of social change under capitalism, but for making revolution and emancipating humanity, for breaking all the chains of this capitalist imperialist empire and its system with all of its horrific division of the globe and its oppressive social relations and antagonistic conflicts. The charge of cult is ignorant, cowardly, and irresponsible. How many of those banding this charge about, or blindly falling for it, have actually read anything from Bob Avakian? To slander something, or to join in a mob with absolutely no knowledge of what you are attempting to isolate and destroy is the mark of an utter lack of integrity. And speaking of integrity, Bob Avakian is a person of extraordinary integrity. Do you know what it is to not give up on revolution when most of the others who took up that mission already have? And more, to fearlessly interrogate the whole communist project? for the emancipation of humanity all over the world and not flinch from criticism of that first wave of communist revolution where necessary, while upholding its revolutionary emancipating essence? That shows deep intellectual courage and daring to forge the new communism and even to write a constitution for a new socialist republic in North America that could put us on that road. Some say they don't want to read an old white man because he has privilege. Privilege? Anyone who lives in the U.S. where we can measure the social cost of our smartphones, our designer coffee, our fast fashion in the tears and the blood of third world children. Anyone who levies charges of privilege should really be a bit more careful when they're throwing that charge around. And here you are talking about Bob Avakian, someone who's devoted his life and risked his life to calling out that privilege as part of charting the path to getting to a world without any oppressive relations between different groups of people. 
Last week on the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show, we featured Don Noche Diaz, the spokesperson for the Revolution Club's national spokesperson, who read an excerpt of an article on Revcom.us. Haters who don't want to hear about Bob Avakian, who don't want to hear about BA, are telling on themselves. There are people and forces out there who complain. We don't want to hear about BA. Why do you have to talk so much about him? Even worse and more disgusting are those who actively spread lies, slander, and distortions about BA. All these haters are straight up telling on themselves. Whatever pose they might strike and however they might dress it up, here's what these people are truly saying. I really don't want an actual revolution. I'm scared of a real revolution. It makes me uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to hear about a real revolution. I'm not even willing to consider a real revolution. I want to get in on this system, not get rid of it. When you really get down to it, I don't actually think the world is that bad as it is. If someone is really about making an actual revolution, or even if they have simply not closed themselves off to considering an actual revolution, if they are sincerely agonizing about the state of the world and truly interested in learning about why it is the way it is and what can be done to radically change it, what would possibly be their objection to hearing from someone who has answers to these questions? Seriously, what are we talking about here? Oh, they don't want to hear about a revolution because the person leading it happens to be an old white guy. That shit is weak. All that means is that they care more about what a person looks like than they do about the person's ideas and about actually getting free. Or maybe they refuse to hear about communism or communist leaders. Wow, how original and outside the box. That just means they desperately want to cling to their prejudices and to what they've been told about communism by this system's powers that be, media, and educational system. And that they aren't even willing to open their minds, think critically, and learn for themselves. How f***ing conformist can you get? Some of these haters might act enlightened. They might act radical. They might act militant. Some of them might even tell you they're for revolution. But what do they actually mean by revolution? Are they talking about actually overthrowing this system and replacing it with a radically different one? Or are they just talking? Do they want out of this system or do they want in on it? What is their strategy for overthrowing this system? What is their vision for the future system in society? Have they done 50 years of work on these questions? See, this isn't about sectarian squabbling. It's not a matter of our group is better than your group. It's about getting to the root of why humanity keeps suffering horribly, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, and what needs to be done to put an end to that. It's about what it means when someone works and sacrifices tirelessly and dedicates their life to forging answers to these questions and creating the basis for a far brighter future where humanity is finally able to overcome thousands of years of exploitation and oppression and live lives worthy of human beings. And then these haters who haven't done by comparison and in many cases haven't done period. They come along and prey on people's prejudices to attack that person, declare him out of bounds, and stand in the way of the masses of people connecting with his leadership. No, that can't stand anymore. For real. The stakes for the future of humanity are too important to tolerate any more of this. 
if people, including you who are seeing this, have informed questions about or honest principal disagreements with the content of BA's work based on actually reading, watching, or listening to that work rather than going by what you heard or somebody told you, then by all means, let's get into it. Let's discuss, debate, and ideologically struggle over that. Get serious. If you want to know and radically change the world, go to Revcom.us and check out the work of Bobby Vakin. And if you're in New York or, or the Bay Area, go to Revolution Books or go online to order the books. Now, the last section of the Revcom statement refuting this vicious attack that I'm going to highlight today is titled The Cancel Culture of Left-Wing McCarthyism. Because this historical experience is extremely important for young people coming into the struggle today to learn from. The statement says, back in the 1950s, there was an ugly phenomenon called McCarthyism, in which a senator named Joseph McCarthy accused people of being communist. And these people could be, and often were, driven from public life, hounded, imprisoned, and even worse. Now in the 2020s, these unprincipled pseudo-leftists engage in a new McCarthyism, in which the language police and self-appointed guardians of holy principles of identity politics wokeness not only attempt to cancel those with whom they disagree, but now apparently also invite the state in by spreading unsubstantiated and false charges. Just like the fascist MAGA mobs who swarm the decent people in school boards around the country, these wokesters swarm and harass online and IRL decent people who try to stand on principle and stand with the struggle with the effect of intimidating many people who could and should be standing up against this and instead to become cowed and to disassociate themselves from those who are under attack. After McCarthyism, the FBI started a counterintelligence program called for short COINTELPRO. And we're going to get into this in a future episode, but you can read about it on Revcom.us this week. The point here is that the FBI used undercover operators, opportunists, and fools inside the movement to spread all kinds of nefarious dirt on individuals and organizations, and the social and revolutionary movements learned, often the hard way how to detect and to combat that. I want to go back to the situation that occasioned this attack, the overturning of the right to abortion. Stripping this right away from half of humanity has been the battering ram and the linchpin of the fascist program over decades. A leap has now been made. Bob Avakian has made the analysis that we are living in a rare time in which something either very terrible a lockdown fascist form of rule that would be even more vicious and repressive than the current version of capitalism imperialism, or something truly emancipating, a revolution, could emerge. The Revcom's refutation of this bullshit but dangerous attack concludes with this. The present situation with all of its dangers demand that you come to grips with some challenging but ultimately very liberating truths. Whether or not you ultimately come to agree with the heart of what Babavikian says is a process, a journey, as he himself has called it. But it is very, very wrong to refuse to engage it, and it is necessary to stand strongly against these baseless attacks on the human being who has devoted his whole life to making revolution and to making sure that the revolution is an emancipating one. This is the Michael Slate Show, and that was Andy Z. Now we'll hear Bob Avakian. What if? 
many people say, we need religion to be able to endure, to survive, to keep from going crazy, to continue to struggle on, even to have some moments of joy and glimmers of hope in a world full of so much cruelty and brutality, heartbreak and heartlessness. But what if the world doesn't have to be this way? What if we could live in a world where never again would a parent have to fear for the life of their child just because of the color of their skin? What if we... What if we lived in a world where never again would that soul-wrenching experience that never leaves of having to bury your own child whose life was stolen by a brutal thug with a gun and the backing of the powers that be? What if? What if being black no longer meant living in a white supremacist society that continually assaults you in your very being and very sense of worth, constantly subjects you to terror, openly or in more subtle ways, and forces you to face the constant danger that you or your children will have your life snuffed out at any moment for doing nothing but being. What if your humanity really mattered and were considered precious? What if this were true of all people of color and of immigrants? What in fact, if all people were just people of different colors and there were no distinctions and discrimination and persecution and brutality based on what nationality or race you were? What if there were no such thing as immigrants? What if we all lived in a world community of human beings without borders and tanks and guns and planes to enforce them? What if women could walk down the street and look every man they encounter straight in the eye and fear nothing? and not be made to feel. And not be made to feel that you're on display and to be evaluated by how you sexually titillate them. What if no more women were ever again battered, raped, assaulted, denied the right to control their own body? What if people who were different in their sexual orientation or just in the way they went through life, instead of being discriminated against and bullied, were valued for their difference? If that were seen as part of the great diversity of humanity? 
What if there were no more one part of society exploiting the others and those exploited had no choice but to enrich them in order to be able to live themselves, working their whole life away under conditions of this ruthless exploitation? What if we didn't have to live in a lopsided world where a small number in a small number of countries have to accumulate tremendous wealth by exploiting the great majority and the conditions of the great majority are desperate. Look at the world, look at the phenomenon of Ebola. There's been a lot of concern about Ebola, rightly so, but way too much hysterical fear about whether a few people here might get Ebola and not nearly enough concern about what is happening to the people in Africa. What if there were no more wars for domination and plunder? What if there were whole different relations among people valuing each other's humanity? What if there were different relation to the environment, protecting it and providing for future generations instead of despoiling and ruining it? What if we could have a whole different outlook on life and on the future instead of one of dread and one of desperately striving just to make it? Now to paraphrase John Lennon's song, Imagine, you may say I'm a dreamer, but this is not just a dream. It is something for which there is a definite basis in reality, and it is up to us, together with people throughout the world, to make it a reality. That was Bob Avakian, chairman of the Revolutionary Communist Party and author of The New Communism, speaking at a program on revolution and religion, the fight for emancipation and the role of religion, a dialogue between Cornell West and Bob Avakian. And that brings us to the end of yet another show. I want to thank my assistant producer, Henry Carson, my production assistant, Jeff Pryor, and each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to share your thoughts and ideas about the show, or if you want to volunteer to be part of the show, write to me at mslate.com at themichaelslateshow.com. Once again, that's mslate at themichaelslateshow.com. We're going to go out with We Won't Go Back by Milk. Talk to you again next week. Before.